and welcome back to another episode of the Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Again, we got a full house in, in today. We got Tyler, Kyle, and Alex. What's going on? Welcome into episode 40, maybe. 41, boys. 41. Is it 41? I was right 41. That. I was close. Yep. Um, hey, can so- we, can we uh, get, we need to get a soundboard. You know the guy, 41, 42. We're going to have to incorporate that into the podcast a little bit. I have no idea what you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, get some TikTok, buddy. <laughs> I'm old. I'm a boomer. <laughs> I don't do TikTok. Get with it. Get with it. But, all right, boys. This, for this episode, we're going to jump into uh, rookie running backs. we kind of done this already with wide receivers. So, we'll get in this. We'll break them down the rest of the season, outlook for the future. And uh, it'll be fun. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, it's the wire. D. Griffin, this the wire, serving up a hot take around the league, serving gems like a hot plate. Who's the flex? First pick, rounds four to eight, trading with the base. That's Superman, we need a cape. This that fantasy, see who get the glory. Who's gonna stay up in their lane talking Tory? Who's gonna ride up on the train where the hype at? Yeah, you wanna start them, but matches, you might not like that. Three tutties next week, many's double covered. Takes on a hundred coming out the oven. Tim and Todd, they the guys, know you gotta love them. Take your pick, do it quick, they on fire, the wire. All right, boys. So, welcome back to another episode, like Tim said. Um, so, I guess the topic we're going to start off with this week is uh, MVP of the, the league so far. What do we think? Russell Wilson. Alex, what do you That's think? It. There's no, nothing else for, for t- Tim. I'm waiting for this big like argument for, for, for Russ, and, and that's kind of it. Uh, yeah. Is this going to be the r- first time we all agree on something? Well, now I, I have to change mine. I'm going to go last. Kyle, you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of feel like it has to be Russ. I mean, if you figure, if you put really any other quarterback on that team with that bad of a defense, I, pff, that team's kind of a lost cause. But they let Russ cook, and he's, to me, he's, he's my MVP. I mean, it, it's hard to argue with. Russ has been phenomenal. He's carrying that team, obviously. I would be scared to see what that team looked like without him. Um, to me, it's a no-brainer, Russ. Who, you know who has thrown eight times less interceptions than him and has three less touchdowns? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes yeah, I, I is your MVP. Nobody brought him up. I was going to say, hey, hello. There's, yeah. there's three options right now. Yeah. Josh Allen, you have Russell Wilson, and you have Patrick Mahomes. And it is close, but I would, I would give it to Russ because, you know, my thing with – Take the three of them and put them all on each other's teams. Mahomes is still in the running, right? Is Josh Allen still an NFL an MVP candidate on Kansas City? Yeah. Is he in in Seattle? Yep. Okay. Probably not. Obviously, I, what? I don't think in Seattle. I don't think in Seattle. I don't think DK he could carry Metcalf them like he Tyler does. Tyler Lockett. Yeah, but I don't think he could carry them like he could not like overthrow is. DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, but couldn't overthrow Tyler Lockett either. But, but the, he, the rest of the intangibles aren't there. Yes. That's wild. Patrick Mahomes is your MVP. 
Uh, is that I number think... right? Eight times less? That's not how I should have said that, right? Probably not. Yeah, that math I don't think is real. But hey, let's just times... we make up numbers, okay? Yeah. So tune in eight, next week. Eight times less <laughs> interceptions. That is not a real statistic. I'll take it. Yeah. But, you know, Allen's been good. I just think Russ is legitimately carrying that team. Buffalo has a good defense. Mahomes mm. has a good defense in Kansas City. I mean, if we're going to go down that route, we have to put Rodgers in that conversation too then. He hasn't yeah, thrown as many yards, but the dude's got 24 touchdowns and two picks on the year. Well, That's if you're going to do that, too. then you have to put Justin Herbert in the argument too. No, you don't. No. Um, they're one in six or something or two in six. No, you don't put Justin Herbert in that conversation. And and to your point about the Bills defense, the Bills defense has been really suspect this year. They're not as good. Yeah, but that secondary is ridiculous. Well, are they and all that bullshit? Have you seen how bad of a defense Seattle has? Yeah, they're no, just, of course. Like Seattle is worse, but they're actually historically bad. Um, yeah, I saw a bad. tweet earlier. Um they're on pace to be the worst pass defense by a good thousand yards. Yep. And Russell Wilson, that for fantasy. Russell Wilson has <laughs> been stacked for a negative of 156 yards. Doesn't sound good. No. I don't know what kind of stat that is, but it's not a good one. No. You know, he's not as bad as Joe Burrow, and I'm sure Kyler Murray's right there too because he runs backwards to get sacked a lot. But, you know, Kyler could be in the conversation as well. Kyler's doing some special things in Arizona. If you put, if you put, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, Deshaun Watson's a bad one, but you put a, you know, you put Kyler and you switch him with Teddy Bridgewater, Kyler is still producing at a heavy, heavy clip. Yeah. Right. You know, what he's doing on the ground is impressive. He's doing what we expected Lamar to do this year. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, the more we talk think, about this, the more difficult it gets. No, it I doesn't. Realize that. I still think the consensus right at the back is Russell Wilson. You're he's outvoted, Alex. Isn't that really unreal? weird? He's never even gotten one vote for MVP. He'll get his first vote this year, but it it won't be more than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I don't know about that. But back to the topic at hand. So today we're going to jump into, like we said, with the rookie running backs. We're going to stick to guys that are kind of fantasy relevant right now. Um, this guy's obviously like DJ Dallas, who's kind of on the fringe. Um, we're going to avoid those this week just because their outlook was still kind of unknown with how many things that have to happen before they become a full-time starter. Um, so let's start off with the with the guy that's jumping off the board right now, James Robinson. The Robinson's. number one running back in this class, the number four running back on the year, James Robinson. Everybody saw it coming. Yeah. Okay. Everybody. Let's I'm go with that. We'll pretend like it, everybody saw this coming. He went undrafted in rookie drafts this year in Dynasty. Um, he went undrafted in the NFL, him. didn't he? He did. Uh, yeah, I think he did. He's undrafted in everyone's hearts and minds and everywhere. Boy's been eating. And it's the perfect I, come up story. And I really, everybody's saying he's just not going to be in. He's not going to be in the NFL next year. He's proven a point that he could be. This is a bad mm. offensive line. And he's running the ball well. Yeah, it's it's very it's tough with running backs in the league in general, um, especially ones who 
um, do go undrafted. Um, you know, obviously he's produced amazing and I would love for him to see a contract from Jacksonville or really, you know, any other team um, in the off season. It's, it's going to be entirely dependent on how the front office handles their, um, their draft picks for one and just the situation in general. Um, that was, I think that's really the only question mark for him in dynasty at least, but the talent is definitely there. So he is signed to a three-year deal in, in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, is he? they're okay. not going to give him more money. He's no, yeah. he's going to, he's going to continue on that un, undrafted rookie deal. A lot of it's typically incentive and roster bonuses. Um, not, not much is guaranteed. Um, it's, it's, yeah, like, like he only got like a $25,000 signing bonus. So it's, it's nothing crazy. He's making like 700 grand a year. Yeah. Uh, he, he could work himself into a little pay raise. Maybe they say, hey, listen, you know, we'll give you, you know, $1.2 million a year. It's not going to be anything crazy, but I think he deserves it. And I think he's going to be a, a, low, a mid to low end RB2 next year if they bring somebody in. If they don't, he's a high end RB2. And he's not a, I don't see him as a running back one next year and going forward. The problem is, is the Jaguars have 10 draft picks next year. There's no way they're not bringing in another running back. I mean, James Robinson's really fun this year, but Dynasty outlook's bleak. Can I also hate players for decisions that I make? No. <laughs> no, you can't. We're supposed to be unbiased. I'm gonna, I don't like James Robinson because I traded him for DJ Moore. Kyle, this is your time to gloat. This is oh, it. Oh, yeah. Ty- Kyle, go. Come on, <laughs> give it to him. I traded with Kyle? This is who I traded with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is who you traded with. Bro, don't Kyle, even talk. The I'm famous out. Tyler Boyd and James Robinson. I'm out. DJ I'm, out. I'm, out. I'm going to go get ice cream. I said I was going to go get ice cream. I'm done. I don't even want to have this discussion anymore. <laughs> That's it. He's done. How do you feel about DJ Less? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's t- it's tough for me because so obviously um, I had DJ Moore traded him away in the dynasty league. I, I have him in our other Yahoo league. So it's a little bit split. Um, yeah, that that's just, that's really tough. Thank God for Joe Burrow and um, you know, his love for Tyler Boyd and slot receivers. Um, Cause that kind of saved that for me. Granted, I, I did end up flipping um, Robinson in a package for CMC, but yeah, that was um, yeah, that that could have ended a lot worse. That's for sure. Yeah, it could have ended with me. How I got screwed. <laughs> I screwed myself. Oh, I offered you went Tyler gloating Boyd. on Twitter. You went gloating on That's Twitter. That's the best uh, part of it. The wide receiver one of the future, and DJ Less has been absolutely unused in that offense. That was uh, honestly the best part of that whole trade. Is you went on Twitter, gung ho. And, and Kyle texted week. us. He's really bitching about me on Twitter, blah, 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 blah. And you know the worst part is you also might you also almost gave a third round pick as well with the trade. I know. I strong armed you, Kyle. I was like, no, I'm not giving him anything else. Get out no, of here. I should have accepted the first time. Yep. Yeah, you should have. And then I went, yeah. I was sitting with a friend and I was like, I'm not giving this dude a third round pick now. He should have taken it earlier. Little did I know how dumb I truly am. <laughs> God, oh, the most tilting trade. Like, I think we should do an episode of looking back at trades because oh, oh, that would be God. fun. That's all for the offseason. But you know, what's your outlook long term, Kyle, on James Robinson? I think he, he obviously he has a role, right? Uh, obviously, they trust him. Um, they cut Fournette 
knowing they had Robinson behind them. And yeah, mm. some things broke his way with guys like Rykel Armstead being on COVID and stuff like that. But is he I off think... yet? Nine weeks. Nope. Yeah. No, he, <laughs> like, he, he said some really ten days ago. It's actually pretty serious with the with his COVID concerns. That's terrible. Uh, yeah, he, he's actually he's been to the hospital twice now with it. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah he is, he's actually in really pretty rough shape with it. But I don't think they cut Leonard Fournette expecting this from James Robinson. I think James Robinson fell into their lap. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, you know, don't exactly know what was going on during camp. Um, you know what they kind of saw at camp. Um, you know, maybe they had some level of trust in him just based on his work ethic and, you know, his commitment to learning the playbook and whatnot. I did, you know, hear some stuff about that early on, but um, yeah, I think you're right. They they have too many draft picks not to take another running back. Cause I, I doubt they want to give him, continue to give him, you know, 25 touches a game and not expect him to break down. Um, that's kind of just how the, the league works now. It's for the most part, all committees. Um, so, yeah, I think that caps his upside a little bit. But, yeah, I think RB2 is definitely in the realm of possibility. So, for me, I'm, I'm still on the, the boat of that he's a one-year rental. Um, I agree with Alex. They've got way too many draft picks to, for them not to go out and get a guy. Um, if they're trying to rebuild for this team and then we all think that I think that they're going to draft the quarterback, they're going to go out. They've got the wide receivers around them with Chenault and Chark. It seems like the running back is where they're going to be, and then they'll spend the rest on defense and things of that sort. Um, I like him. I don't know if he's going to instantly disappear. I think he's a, a like almost a, kind of a blend of what Kyle's saying is that it will end up being somewhat of a timeshare. Um, but if they do draft somebody and he works, there's no harm, no foul. If they just don't use him, that he like Tim said, he, he's not costing them anything. He's He's a free player for them, basically, at this point. So they're just going to pound him into the ground this year and get everything they possibly can out of him and um, start fresh again next year, I think. So let's not forget that we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Yep. So going into this, going into next offseason, because they're on a seven-game losing streak and they're obviously not going anywhere, is running back one of their holes on their team? Yes. No. No, compared to – what they're the holes that they have on the offensive line and on their defense, you know, Tyler Eifer, is he the long-term goal at tight end? They're going to want to draft a quarterback. They so, drafted a tight end last year. Oh, but he hasn't shown much. So my thing He's with this hurt. team, okay. So they may need a healthy tight end. So my thing with this team is why would they spend a first or second round pick on a running back? That's going to take away. If they can just trust yeah. that he's going to fall forward for four, five yards, get, get what's needed and fill in the holes on their offense rather than trying to get too cute with it. I think James Robinson is more of a two-year rental than a one-year rental. I think next year they're going to, they're going to bring in a speedy, speedy back, somebody like a JD McKissick to help in the passing game a little bit more and then fill in the holes on their team and then address running back next year. And that's, that's where I think their roster goes. I mean, the thing with the draft is always there's always running back later. You don't have to spend a first round pick to get, you know, to get a quality running back. You can spend a third round pick and that guy could be your lead rusher for, for the season. Right. Uh, I, you know, I, I see that every year. Them. Yeah, I'm not expecting them to go out and, and draft money in the first or second round for a running back. But yeah, in the fourth, something like that. I mean, well, yeah. bringing up their draft picks, they have what, two first, two seconds. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't see them wasting one of the, not wasting but using one of their first round picks on a Chubba Hubbard or a, a Travis Etienne 
it's gonna it's it's more gonna be addressing their secondary where they depleted over the last couple seasons and and ensuring up maybe some pass rush situations and and getting a, getting a left tackle to go with a quarterback they may draft. It's it's not it, running back isn't their concern right now compared to the holes they have on their roster. Is my point. Yeah, no, I agree. But think about the draft every year. Running backs fall, and at some point, you take the most talented player on the board, especially with a team that's rebuilding. At some point, one of these running backs is going to fall way too far down, and then Jacksonville is going to go, okay, we have enough picks to make up for it later. Let's get this game changer. Yeah, no, and they very well may end up with the Zach Moss type guy coming in and and getting some workload, but it's just I think he's going to have – a, a solid 15 to 20 touch roll next season. Um, and that's just my opinion going forward. I think they're going to address a little bit more and, and focus a little bit more on the rest of their team. I guess it's fair to say that he's probably going to be the most confusing and guy we have to watch the most going forward. Um, yeah. The rest of this year, I think he's safe. He's going to be a top 10 play. It seems like the rest, rest of the way. Um, but next year, his outlook is up in the air. But in the offseason before the draft, if you want, if you want, send a third round pick. Oh, he's definitely worth taking a shot on. And send a third round pick to somebody and be like, listen, you know, this guy is probably not going to be as useful. And then you may end up with not this much production, but 70% of it. And you'd be okay with it for a third round pick. For sure. I love that idea. Instead of drafting a guy like DJ Dallas, who is only being used right now for because they have four other running backs hurt. Yeah. And one more point I'll make about Robinson is that even before the draft, you have free agency. And if they bring in anybody, if they bring in, I, I don't know, I'd have to look at the running backs that are free agents, but if they bring up, bring in anybody of relevance, it James Robinson's world is going to be set on fire because it's going to be, Oh, they're starting to bring in other backs. They're starting to bring in other people. They don't believe in James Robinson. And, I'm going to be one of those people that probably bangs that drum because I'm a little mad I traded him for DJ Moore. But more <laughs> importantly, he's he's a running back that the Jaguars have no investment in. You know, right. look at Alex Collins a few years ago with, with, with the Ravens. Alex Collins was, oh, he's great, he's great, he's great. And then Gus Edwards and everybody else comes in and replaces him. And, you know, that's what happens with undrafted free agents. It sucks. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, is James Robinson the most talented no, not by any stretch. He's seeing the opportunity and he's making the best of it. But as soon as they bring in somebody next year, it's going to be sell James Robinson. So you probably can get him for a third round pick. Yeah. And I mean, just really quick on the free agents, because I took a quick peek. You're looking at Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, James Connor, um, Dion Lewis, James White, Rex Burkhead, Breda. Marlon the Mack, Jaguars. Aaron Jones. No, he just signed the new deal. Um, Philip Lindsay, Mike Davis, Todd Gurley, and Kenyon Drake. If the Jaguars bring in either Carlos Hyde or Kenyon Drake, what is your what's your take on, on James Robinson? It'll be another Singletary Moss backfield. Yeah. And at that point, is Robinson does he even is he even worth that third round pick? Probably not. I think so. So it's it highly. I think I think the the takeaway here is that he's so highly dependent on what the Jaguars decide to do in in the offseason that sure. enjoy your year with him because it may not last. Yeah. 
So let's jump into the first running back selected in the draft, Carlos. I'm sorry. Wow. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So this is a guy that I also have mixed feelings on. Um, everyone came in and there was all these ranting and raving that he's in the next coming and he's going to be this great back. And yeah, exactly. And I mean, to me, and no one's going to like this take, but to me, he seems like a, a really good change of pace back. He, he doesn't, he's not great. He doesn't, he's not good on the goal line. He, he's shifty. He makes people miss, but he's not, not this bruiser. He, he doesn't really, he doesn't really have the body type to carry 20 carries a game. It's just, he, he's just not that guy for me. I think he's going to be a nice, just kind of, RB2 for his career. He's not going to stand out. He's not going to be anything special. So I disagree. I just, talent-wise, he is all talent. Of, he's right behind Jonathan Taylor as far as talent is, in my, in my opinion. It's just, it's a result of Patrick Mahomes being out of this world. And that's the reason why he's gone eight rushes, six rushes, five rushes in the last few games. No, that's been product that's of them why. bringing in Bell. But, but that's Bell why we four touches yesterday. The reason and he had those was, four touches, he had what he had before 10 touches, 10 to 10, 15 touches. That's not that's no, what he's been all year 26, 18, 19, 26, 18. Why so, was Hilaire drafted first in Dynasty? Because of his situation, exactly. So, not because of his we talent, can't, we can't. Just we, we can't say it's because of Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that, you know, we can say Hilaire isn't performed. I think Hilaire is a little overrated. Honestly, just watching him play, like he looks he looks good, not great. He, exactly. he looks like one of those guys who's who's good at everything, but he doesn't, you know, he he he's not Dalvin Cook. He's not one of those guys, you know, I think perennial perennially, like he'll be a good late running back one for you like the lower tier running running back ones once bell's gone but i think we set up too too high of an expectation for hilaire um and and that's okay like he's still going to be good but i i think that the talent hasn't met the opportunity yet but no. i don't know that it will but you know and i'm gonna let kyle go next i don't, don't want to take all the spotlight but We've seen two games where when he's gotten the touches, 138 yards, 161 yards, when he's been really targeting the passing games, five for 70, uh, six for 32, you know, three for 40. These are, he's been, he's had some really good games. I don't want to, let's not, it's not what have you done for me lately. We're talking long-term. I think he's a lot worth a lot more. This is a, this is the time to buy him. Because the thing is, he's never going to be the focal point of this offense. Yeah, I agree. He's never going to get the volume to be that RB1. He's never going to be Dalvin Cook, but can can you honestly say that Alvin Kamara is the focal point of that offense? That's You could argue that it's through Breeze and Thomas, and Alvin Kamara was a, a product of Thomas not being there, and, and also because you have Thomas that takes it away. And nah. the, I disagree with that take right there, too. I think um, Alex's assessment was probably best in the sense of he's a good low-end RB1. Um, that's I think that at the end of the day is where he'll end up settling. Most, I mean, 
two things you look for in fantasy, right? It's talent and opportunity. Um, he has enough talent. What supersedes is being on the best offense in football. And this year, because I, you know, I drafted him in some leagues, I've made sure to pay attention. He's been criminally unlucky on the goal line and in the red zone with touchdowns, whether it's through penalty, through his line not helping him out. I mean, just look at the first game. He had six goal lines at uh, six carries at the goal line or something like that and couldn't break through for the longest time. Um, So I think a lot of that was just unlucky. So I think over time and on average, that'll start to break his way. Um, A lot of it too is, you know, maybe Mahomes starts checking down a little bit more to him instead of pushing the ball downfield. Maybe, maybe not. But I think regardless, you're still going to end up with a solid low end RB one. Yeah. And I just think it's because Mahomes could do whatever he wants against Denver, the Jets and Carolina. I really do think that that, you know, they lost to the Raiders last time. I expect the game to go a little bit different. And then when they go against Tampa Bay, that's going to be a really tough matchup, but low end RB one, that's a good spot to put him. And and that's, that's perfectly fine. What's wrong with drafting a, a low end RB one. Right. But, you know, the way we were talking, the reason why I jumped in really quick was because we were acting like he's a low-end RB2 and he's yeah. he's going to put up Zach Moss numbers next year. He's going to be... No, I don't I don't think that's what his comp I think, is. I think he's... A, I still think he's an RB2. I think he's uh, not a low-end, but I think he's a solid RB2. I think he's going to he's gonna be a guy that floats from 10 to 15 rushes a game, five catches, and and he'll have blow up games for sure, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to consistently give you 20 points. He's just not going to be that guy. He'll be drafted with Josh Jacobs. I think next year, I think next right. year going into draft season, he'll be in that low end running back one. I really like the Camara comparison. And I was going to say that too. I don't think he's nearly as talented as Camara, but I think the workload he gets will be moving forward. will be similar to what Camara has seen where He's not going to get 100 yards rushing. He's not going to get 100 yards receiving, but he's going to have 80 in both categories, and you're going to be happy with that. And if he does start to find the end zone, like Kyle said, you're going to be thrilled with that. I disagree with that, too, because I don't ever see – Kamara gets so many targets in the passing game that he's just – that he's never going to get that. Kamara Uh, gets it because there's no no options there in in New Orleans outside of Thomas, and they have a million and one options. Emmanuel Sanders and Jack. I'm saying he's the lighter – I'm and saying he's the lighter who version. Who would you rather take? Yeah, he's a much lighter version. Well, odds are, if you're, you know, if you're sitting in a draft, and you're at, you know, the back end of the draft, like I was, Kamara's not going to be available at that point. So it's kind of a, a moot point. Um, whereas what, what, you're looking you, at, they're using Jacobs him as a comp, and I just don't, I don't think that's a fair assessment. I don't think he's, he's ever going to get the volume drafted. he's going to get. He's going to be getting drafted around Josh Jacobs. Austin Eckler, Miles Sanders, those are all low-end RB1s, and he could very well outscore all of them next season. Sure. He, could, he could very well outscore. You know, we're, we're arguing about three spots right now. That's, that's realistically what we're talking. So, yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and I, I think bringing, you know, rest of the season this year, you're not going to be thrilled with what you get out of Hilaire. So in Dynasty, yes, now is the time to buy Hilaire because Bell will not be there next year. Um, Bell David is washed. Will be back. Right. Mm. Is he on contract? 
Yes. yes. Well, it, it gets pushed to next season regardless. So oh, this, that's right. That's yeah. Right. So, right. but the thing is, is when you mention a running back too, you're talking about a guy like Todd Gurley, talking about a guy like Melvin Gordon, talking about a guy like David Johnson and David Montgomery. These are running back twos. And they're averaging about 16, 17 points a week. And, and he is, you're drafting him far ahead of all of, of those guys because of what is ceiling. Yeah. Yep. Sure. What his ceiling is doesn't mean that he's ever going to, that he's going to be at his ceiling though. But he's he's going to be a low end running back one next year. It's going to be, in my opinion, Alex's opinion and Kyle's opinion. Kyle thinks he's you know six spots later. It, it is what it is. We'll take our consensus on that. If you want, we can jump into Jonathan Taylor, guy who has uh, oh, horse, the, those horse blinders on when he's running. Oh, seriously, he does. It really looks like that. It is rough. Does he wear a visor? I don't think so. I don't know. Can we get rid of the visor? Or can we make the visor visible, like the clear one, so he can (laughs) see? I I don't understand what's wrong with Taylor. I don't. Well, other than injury, I guess, right? Like, it seems like an injury thing. I hope it's an injury thing, and not that I want him to be hurt. But, man, I cannot believe how bad he's been. So I see them bringing Mac back next year? Yeah. Yeah, they have to. They I think absolutely they have to. And I really do like Hines as a change of pace guy. I really, really do. Um, I think he's a, a, a James White-esque type guy who can mm-hmm. very good out of the backfield, good in the open field. He can return punts, all, all the things that you need. Um, and Jonathan Taylor is kind of one of those do-it-all running backs. The issue is, is remember – Coming into the draft, was didn't he have the most touches in college football history? Yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah. think this is a wear and tear issue. Well, no, I, I think it's a product. Of, it can be. I, I don't think it's a wear and tear issue. It's too early for for, the, for us to be saying that about yeah, him. He's twenty two. Yeah, I, I I think it's more of a product of that. He's one reminds me of an AP type of back where he needs to get going. He needs to get build up that steam he needs the 20 plus carries a game that to me is his type um so his so he's compared to a hall of fame running back. i said he's that type of running back i'm not saying he's hey he's ever going to be that i'm saying that he's that type of guy that garrett blount let me ap he's that guy that needs to get going and as he as the game goes on he gets better yeah like richard james and odell beckham (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much what tyler did so no, like, that's not what I'm doing. No, I get, get what Tyler's saying, and I agree with him. Derrick Henry mold, same same. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he's the guy that's going to beat on the – he's that big, bolding. He's just pounding on it. He's not a guy that's going to make 15 jump cuts and make people 100 people miss. He wants to go downhill. He wants to beat yeah. you to beat you senseless, and he wants – and then as the game goes on, people don't want to tackle him, and he, and he gets better. Well, he's a power. Yes. Yeah, and I think the biggest unfortunate thing, I think, for him and – Hopefully it is because of injury, but I really think it's kind of just the coaching staff's philosophy of rotate backs. Yeah. And that's if, if that's how it's going to be, he's never going to get the kind of momentum that he needs in order to really flourish. Yeah, and I think I was probably the most high on Taylor of this group here. Um, and honestly, I it seems like a confidence issue with Taylor right now. Honestly, it really does. He's He's not confident. I don't know if it, he doesn't know the playbook. I don't know. It, he reminds me of Ronald Jones year one, where it, it just seems like he doesn't, he's not, he has all the talent in the world, 
he's just slow, but he's not slow. Like he, he ran like the fastest 40 out of all the running back. So I, I think he's playing slower than what he will be in a year or two from now. So he's a great buy low in dynasty for me, Absolutely. but yeah. But the problem is, will the coaching staff, like you just said, they're going to bring back Mac. They're going to have Hines. Will the coaching staff allow him to flourish? And I don't know that they will. And that's the scary part. Um, so as much as I'd want to buy Taylor at this point, I would definitely be hesitant to send a first when I could get ETN not or, one, or something not like one that. Bit. Not one bit because everybody's just, oh, I, I have, in my opinion, overreacting to he has an ankle injury. Before the ankle injury, he went 14, 19, 13, 9, 15, 16. What's wrong with those numbers? Nothing. Absolutely They're nothing. Coming back one numbers. Yeah. They are. And then he's, he had a bad week against Detroit in a game where they came out and said that he was hurt. He only played 33% of the snaps. And then he went against Baltimore, who is arguably the best run defense in the game right there with Pittsburgh. Okay. The thing so, that scares me is that they don't trust him. The thing that bothers me is that he, he fumbles in this game and, and gets benched pretty much. So that's with an injury. That's, huh? He also has an ankle injury. So yeah. between him fumbling and being hurt. But in a yeah, game I hope that, that you was need his to, bye week, honestly. Yeah, I don't uh, To me, in a game that you need to win, if he's healthy enough to be out there, regardless if he fumbles, he, sh- he should be on the field. Yeah. I, I yeah. think everybody's just overreacting to the last two weeks of Jonathan Taylor. Down the stretch, I'm firing him up, and I'm not worrying about it. I think me, Twitter is just overreacting on Jonathan Taylor. To me, his I, touch, I, I'm his much touch more is scary. I'm Jonathan Taylor than I am Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And he's getting more touches than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. No, I, I I totally agree with you. I agree. I'm much more confident in Taylor, but his touches scare me. People are comparing Jonathan Taylor to Trent Richardson. And it is it blasphemy. He looks like it with the way he hits the holes right now, honestly. Him and they both have blinders on. It's blasphemy to me that he's yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Stephen A. Smith it. It's blasphemy. <laughs> blasphemy. I agree. Yeah, hopefully he turns it around. So where it starts getting a little bit interesting is when we get into the next tier of talent and as far as running backs. Ooh, that's a hot Wait, take. I think the next guy we have to jump into is DeAndre Swift. Yes. Coming into the season, this is where we kind of separated the talent level of these running backs, right? So it was Taylor and Edwards Hilaire. Oh, I had a third one in there for me. Was it Swift or Dobbins? It was Dobbins. I had Dobbins up there. Okay. So the thing with Dobbins is going to be always going to be is his um, snap percentage and the touches that he gets. We'll get get Let's start with Swift first. I know Tyler has a take on this. I do. Um, To me, I was very, uh, I was out on him at the beginning of the year. I didn't like the situation. I didn't like um, Detroit's just been atrocious with running backs for a very long time at this point. But I'm slowly starting to come around on him. Um, he, he seems like he's going to be very usable. He's going to be that dual threat guy. Um, they seem like they want to run the ball at this point. 
AP's not going to be there long term. Eventually, he's going to take this backfield over. It's just a matter of when. And, wow. Tyler likes an exciting player. I mean, he's been there. good. He's, he's starting think- to develop a nice floor. So, I mean, it's hard to argue with him right now. Has he, though? Yeah. Because he's uh, this week he went 13 for 64, nothing special, and 3 for 33. The week before, he went six rushes, one yard, and then 3 for 22. If you take out the week against Jacksonville, he went for 14 for 116 and two touchdowns. Has he really been a starting fantasy running back? Yeah, because you're not not adding in any of the passing work. I mean, in the last in the last four weeks, he, even this, the last five weeks he's played, he's gone 15, 27, 14, 5, and then 13. He's had two down weeks all year. What is it? What are you upset about? He's a he's an RB three, RB two upside right now, and he's barely getting, he's barely involved. But okay, think- as long as we have that understanding of of where he is in, in the in the fantasy football world, I'm okay with that. Yes. Um. With the way we were reacting to Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards earlier, I needed to make sure we were, we were at least in the ballpark on Swift. My mm-hmm. thing with the other two is that they're trending down right now. The opportunities are disappearing, and they're, and they're just not producing. Where Swift seems like he's on the climb right now. The, the problem I have with Swift, I think, is he ended up on a really bad situation with a really bad coach. Um, I do not trust Patricia at all with any talented running back and it's kind of a shame um just from looking at the snap shares i'm looking at 40 percent, 61 percent, 46 percent, 38 percent. he's not getting the level of involvement he probably should be and i don't know what draws you to go and sign ap at the start of the year when you have a guy you just spent what was it a second round pick on swift the long-term health yeah. of Swift. I actually really, really liked it for Swift's long-term durability. Bring AP in, let him, again, run into the back of his offensive lineman ahead of him, and use Swift and, and develop a role and carve him into the player you need to be. They, they weren't winning anything this year, and there's no reason to give him a hundred, 250 touches this year because the best-case scenario is he does exactly what he's doing now, Worst case scenario is he gets hurt. Yeah, I think Tyler made a really good point about them running, wanting to run the ball. Honestly, the Lions the last two years have been trying to run the ball. We were shocked by it this year, but we shouldn't have been. Um, you know, what, I wrote an article in the offseason about on Johnson and how excited I was for him, and obviously that was a huge miss. But if you look at the numbers the first four games with on, they were running the ball nearly 30 times a game until he got hurt and they were forced to pass because they were bringing in Zach Zenner and other guys. So I think for the past two years, the lions have been desperate to run the ball. It's unfortunate that AP is getting the carries this year, but I think Tim's right in that Swift is a super uber talented back. Kind of reminds me of Antonio Gibson a little bit, or at least playing that role. And we're starting to see that floor of receiving work where he's getting four to five targets a week. It's just a matter of what do they do with the touches on the ground and Look, 14, 9, 6, and 13, not going to win you a week, but with his talent level, if he's getting five targets and, you know, nine rushes a game, that's, that could be 15 touches out of your running back, too, with that much talent 
Um, and you know, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that rest of the season. I like Swift trending up as well. Yeah. And the other thing we have to keep reminding ourselves here is that none of these guys get off seasons and running back is notorious for being a position that these guys don't get on the field that they can't pass block and don't understand the blocking schemes. They had no off season to learn this stuff. So I think we're just starting to see Swift really start to get involved. He he's dominating the, the snap share as far as running backs goes at this point. Um, I know it doesn't look like it because AP's getting touches, but snap wise, he's on the field majority of the game. So I, I think we're going to start seeing better days out of Swift. I also think that could be a product of them losing the last two weeks, right? So if they're but winning, it hasn't been just a two weeks. If they're it's winning, been... running out the clock, AP's going to be getting the carries. Right, so next week when they play against Washington, who who do you think is going to get have more of a snap percentage? Is it going to be Swift or AP? I I'd say it's going to be AP. It's going to be around 55 percent. You're going to revenge have game forty percent. It's going to be a revenge game, and it's going to be a lot of AP running in between the tackles. Right, fire up AP revenge game. Yes. So, you know, lo- long term, Swift is a very high ceiling in my opinion. He could easily carve out a, a running back one season coming up soon. It's just a matter of where does this where does the direction of this franchise go? Do they want to be a run heavy team? Do they want to be a pass heavy team, or do they want to kind of be that middle ground where you you can do them both? You know, it's it's it, it's all because it, if they want to be a pass heavy team, Swift's your guy. If they want to just pound the ball and go in between the tackles. That's not Swift's game. Every snap. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's to be seen. He, I, I mean, he's talented enough where he can do it. But he is, I mean, he's not really on the smaller side. He's 212. He could put on a little weight, but it, I don't know. I, I, I don't see them. I think they're trying to shift away from being that pass first offense it's Stafford's taking too many hits he's too many injuries that they, they need to run the ball yeah so but, Kyle yeah. do you have anything on Swift uh no I think you were spot on with um you know he has all the talent in the world um a lot of people argued that he was the most talented running back in this class um and then situation kind of at first when people thought you know Right after the draft, they thought the situation kind of derailed them. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it's entirely dependent on how um, the Lions, which direction they want to go. Um, I think he has enough talent to really be productive in their offense. They just have to let him do that. Yeah, fair enough. So the next guy we got to jump into is Alex's favorite guy in the world, um, Antonio Gibson. What is not to love with Mr. Gibson? What is that? I is he not him. your favorite man in the world? He should be. You want to know what's not to love about him? He plays for the Washington football team. Oh, isn't that true, Mr. J.D. McKissick? I am so tired of seeing 41 instead of 24 for the, for the Washington football team. Um, this is a great season for Gibson, though. And not because he's producing. It's because he's producing with the touches, and he's getting more and more touches. Um, and I, I actually like that they're not giving him 20 touches a game because look, let's be real. He had 33 carries in college, you know, that he's never had taken on a workload anywhere in his life. I mean, he was playing receiver, 
And it's nice to see that he's taking these carries and doing something with them while still being a threat in the receiving game. Yes, for my own fantasy greed, I want to see him get 25 touches a game, but I'm really happy with, with kind of what they're doing with him. They're preserving him. They realize he's probably their best player outside of McLaurin. So just, you know, get him as touches where you can, get him some red zone work. And um, yeah, I mean, you want more this year, but, um, you know, he's a running back two or three that you can rely on week to week. Yeah. And I think for running Dynasty, he's just going to get better. Running back three is where I'd put him. Yeah. I don't see him having a very high ceiling. Um, ever. Ever. Whoa, ever. Sheesh. One, it, they're a no. terrible franchise. They, the future of this franchise doesn't look bright, right? Where, where the, Other than take Terry McLaurin out of this team, there isn't much talent on this team whatsoever. The defensive line, that's about it. Their defensive line, yes. Chase Young is very good, but outside they can't stop the it's pass. A new regime, though. Yeah, yeah but that's you take, the key. You take 20 rushes for 128 yards against the putrid Dallas defense. He hasn't even top 50 yards yet. He has five touchdowns in eight games. And it's he's got true. receiving work, and he's not getting he's not on the field like 80% of the time. He's doing but, what he's doing a lot with the touches he has. And if you watch him play. He's breaking tackles. He is not getting tackled on the first try. He's 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 pushing. He's getting yards where he needs to. He's pushing. He's going outside where he needs to. The stats haven't been there, but I'm telling you, this kid has running back one upside, not three. I I don't think I don't think so at all. For all the negatives you give James Robinson, I'm going to give them right to Antonio Gibson. That's a bad life choice. That's a bad bet. Who 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 is what though? Who, who is Antonio Gibson comp in the NFL? You're more likely to get a Devin Singletary career from Antonio Gibson than you are to, to get a running back one season. Don't from you put that in Ricky Bobby. The, but here's the thing, though, right? So I'll, I'll play along with the Devin Singletary, the, you know, the Singletary comp. He doesn't have – Antonio Gibson doesn't have a Zach Moss leeching his touchdowns away. But it's, will he next year? I would say next year they go. Why would they? He has five touchdowns in eight games. Because he's not a running back. He what have we? All right. I I think we need to watch this. He doesn't have the track record of being a running back. And as a franchise, do you want do you want to use a guy who's never fully played running back over the course of his career? And you think it's going to work out long term over the course of this guy's career? They seem to be doing just fine, and he's getting carries, and he's doing a lot with them. And again, he looks better than where his stats are. I'm telling you, he's getting breaking carries, tackles, I mean, and he's he's had one tackle. game. He's had more than 13 carries. Like, look at the line. Yeah, but again, they're easing him into the workload. They're not giving him 25 touches a game because they know they need to preserve him. You can't do that to a kid who just had 33 carries in college. So exactly. So that, that's that's my point that though. Like over the next three or four seasons, he has to be a running back one. I don't, I I just I don't see it. Look, if you want to comp, and I and I've, I've said this about somebody else too, but if you want the comp, it's Kamara. No. Way. Oh my God! No way. His talent level is off the chart. Is Bro, he was barely productive as a wide receiver in college, and you think he's going to learn the running back position and be? Productive like Kamara is in the NFL. Why are you get? He didn't get an opportunity in college. He he had to walk on to. He he had a tough situation in high school. It, it, he didn't get the opportunity that some of these other guys get. 
he had to go to Memphis. Like he was playing at a he was playing at a community. He was at BCC and then went to Mem- Memphis. But why? Because he he's not get... that talented. <laughs> Rough That's... situation or not, if he's talented, he he would have made it. There's these kids that go to JUCO and come out in a year and end up on these D1 programs. No problem. Kyle, is he talented? Who? Kyle, is he talented? Oh, Gibson, absolutely. They all are, but as a running back one potential, I just don't see it. No way. I don't see it. Uh, it's like Alex said, it's a new regime. It, you know, you got Riverboat Ron there now. Um, you know, we'll see what he does with them. I definitely, there's definitely talent there. He definitely has a burst. He runs hard. Um, I, I think they have something there. What they do with it, we'll see. Last but, point on this, ignore college. Forget about college. Don't throw out college. Watch the tape, and you will see a kid who does not get, who has good vision, who doesn't get tackled on the first try, who can explode to the outside, and he can push the line in the in the goal, at the goal line, and he can break off an eighty-yard run at any point during the game. In the AAC, Let's no, in the up. NFL. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. NFL. Well, I know we're talking about NFL, but you're comparing him to Kamara. Who averaged nine yards a touch in college? How, how much work SEC. did? Yeah, Kamara didn't get a whole lot of work in college either, at Tennessee. I mean, I'd have to pull that up. I don't know. I'm pretty else. sure he was splitting with other guys, and there yeah, are plenty of talents. 140 touches a season for two seasons. Oh, I guess he had more he than had, that. Uh, 12 touchdowns a year, and he averaged nine yards a catch and over six point three yards per rush i'm telling you throw out college throw it out it doesn't mean anything i'm telling you he's better than where he he was drafted high like for why why would they go out and draft a guy in the second or third round with 33 college touches it's not because he's bad to me he's a project and at at best he becomes a he becomes a change of pace back if if long term i i don't see him ever being a guy that's going to handle 20 carries and be the bell cow and He's just not that. He's not that guy. He's he's. The, the, you're, there's no. He doesn't have more talent than DeAndre Swift. He doesn't have more talent than J.K. Dobbins. He doesn't have more talent than Taylor or Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Here, here's the best. Here's the here's the real question. And he's out of these top guys, who? Oh, out of these top guys, would you take them off? Take him over any of them if you were building a team right now? A fantasy team or an NFL team? An NFL team. No. No, I mean. So he's not as No, because the other guys are more polished, right? I would take him. Building an NFL team. If I'm building an NFL team, no, I would take the other guys first. But in fantasy, I want Gibson on my team. So it's a it's a fantasy bias. You you're right up. You were right about your take, and you want to double down on it here. No, because. Look, yes, I'm right about the take that he's good. He you think you're, he's going to get – like, Swift is – all right. Yes, he's good. If he wouldn't be in the league if he wasn't franchise, good. If we're building an NFL franchise, we get to say who's on the team. I don't want Antonio Gibson in Detroit. I think he's – I, I know he's in a bad situation in Washington, but he's not because he's getting most of the work out of the backfield because he has to work against J.D. McKissick. But the As thing is, you have to remember Swift. that he was never meant to get the work. He was meant to be a change of pace guy behind no. Geis. No, he wasn't. He, he was, was he, behind Geis. No, 
Yes, until hundred yeah, percent was this year. Yes, but the future you mean was, was in a second year. The future was Gibson. I'm telling you. Yes, well, Geis is uber talented too. But regardless, Antonio Gibson, they're building him to get the workload moving forward. I think they're, they're building just, him out of necessity right now. Yeah, out of. An, I don't they think they are. They drafted him super high. Wasn't it a th- end of the third round? Yeah, that's high for, for a team that is terrible. Who had Geis, who is apparently the future, right? If Geis is the future, why did they take Gibson in the third? I couldn't. Yeah, tell you. I'm not in that. Though, because if if Kamara was the future, why would you bring in AP and sign Latavius Murray, right? But Kamara was still a future there. I think in general with running backs, like I said, um, you know, I've said before, a lot of backfields now are split. You know, you don't you don't want any one running back getting, you know, three, you know, two to three hundred touches a year and getting all those hits. But Gibson yeah, is definitely yeah. yeah, Gibson is definitely talented and he has a talent. He's a guy that, especially on a dynasty league, you want him on your team. Both both Kamara and Gibson are drafted in the third round. Oh yeah, but but remember, Kamara has done something that not many third round running backs have done. Kamara is the epitome of a a boom sure. player that you didn't yeah. expect. Let's Gibson's let's, never going to hit Kamara, but he's that play style. So he's a so because you think of Kamara as almost like a change of pace, but they also do running between between the tackles. Yep, right? and they're doing the same thing with Gibson in the goal line. But that's just because of necessity, like Tyler said. So they're in McKissick. McKissick's well, not a goal line back either, though. Sucks. He just he he's running the routes on an offense that has to check the ball down. But if he's getting it done out of necessity, and he is a, he is super talented, why would they go away from? Him? Because long term, it's not going to work. It's worked so far. On the worst offensive line in the league, maybe. Okay, so would you be happy with 11 rushes for 27 yards? This is going to get better. Um, Yes, because, I mean, he had five for 24, too. Let's not discredit his receiving work that we know he's going to get. We're excited about a guy that's getting 50 yards a game. But you're looking at it short-term when he's not short-term. This is the long-term solution for Washington. Right. And long-term on that offense? No. I wouldn't be surprised if they got a James Robinson type player on that offense to to be or Zach Moss. Yeah, they're going to bring somebody in. Offense. So long term, what you're expecting him to be in a committee, and you think he's going to be super productive? Absolutely. Kareem Hunt was a top eight running back, and in but in but in Kansas City where he was the number one running back. No, for the Browns this year, I mean, and then the Browns this year, Browns who they use their running backs on almost every play. Browns so they, run the ball more than anybody in the league by almost 20%, I believe it was. He's getting as many punches as the third string running back in Cleveland right now. Let's, I think we're in a, in a pretty deep rabbit hole. I don't think either one of us. I, I think we're kind of set. I think me and Kyle know the truth, and then Tyler and Tim don't know the truth just yet. All right, so let's, let's move on then because we're <laughs> arguing. J.K. Dobbins. So he's a guy that's very interesting to me. Um, from what we've seen, and I know it's a small sample size, he might be the most electric guy in out of all of these guys right now. Uh, I, we think his fit's not going to be great because Lamar eats up so much, 
so much of the carries, but when he touches the ball, he's gone just about every play. Oh, like it's 12 ridiculous. for 30 and two for five and nine for 28 and two for one. Like, yeah, he had the big week against Pittsburgh, but what has he really shown you in the NFL that he's that electric? The, just, well, the problem there, too, is, I mean, up until the Ingram injury, you're splitting between three backs. Right. They trust Gus Edwards. That's a veteran presence. You know, that's that's fine. I want to see what happens more so if Ingram is, I don't know his contract situation off the top of my head, but what happens if, you know, whenever, once he does leave, you know, and, and it's Dobbins and someone else. And the other thing that... Yeah, it's him and Gus Edwards. Then, you know, um, I, I think he'll definitely have a role. What I'd like to see is the Ravens actually carve out a bit more of a passing game. That way he can get some passing work because that's where you really see the big plays. Yeah, so remember a couple of weeks back, we talked about when Ingram went down, what to do with his backfield. And I said, I was like, Gus Edwards is pretty much going to score a touchdown a week, and he's scored a touchdown a week since, right? So he's averaged six yards a carry over the course of his career. You say he's a veteran presence. He isn't. He's only in, what, his second season? He's 25, so, you know, he did come out late out of college. But the thing with – In the system, at least, you know, more than Dobbins. Yeah, so – I don't think we – can we all agree that we don't think Gus Edwards is ever going to be the lead back here? No, but he's always going to have a piece of the pie. For sure. Um, for whatever reason, they trust him. And for very good reasons. He, he's super consistent. He's like Tim always says, he's, he's a guy that's just running forward and he's going to fall forward for four. And he can that's, also break it and break you down. He's not right. spectacular. He's never going to be an electric player, but he's never going to be a bad player. That fair to say? Yeah. I think that's a good comp for Gus Edwards. Um, to your point, Kyle Ingram's all under contract through next year. Um, but I, I just don't know if he's really going to be that involved. Um, we've seen it to the point where I mean, they're both at the point where they were barely to any of them were really touching the ball much uh, before he got injured. And it's just the point now where I, I, I know Tim's saying he's not, he's not putting up great numbers, but we've seen him in spots where he has he touches the ball and just takes off and he, he can be super electric. Um, I think he's by far the most talented back on this roster at this point. And we've seen how much Lamar is struggling through the air. And I think that they're going to need a guy like this. That's going to spark the offense. I think, I think Mark, uh, Mark Ingram is out after the season. Um, I I think he has a dead cap hit this year of 1.3 million, but if they don't cut him, he'll have a dead cap of 6.3 if they don't cut him by, I think, July or whatever the deadline is. So I'm willing to bet they cut Ingram, unfortunately. Um, I think that Dobbins has a bright future with Lamar Jackson because running quarterbacks often open up running lanes for a running back. Um, J.K. Dobbins is the most talented player in that backfield by far, hasn't come together yet with with opportunity or or with production, really. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, between the twenties, you're going to get Dobbins. And I think next year in the goal line, you're going to get Gus Edwards. And I think in games that the Ravens are up, which will be pretty often, you're going to see a lot of Gus Edwards. So, you know, I think that the realistic expectation is that a running back two, running back three out of Dobbins is 
probably where you're going to live over the next two years or so. Um, you know, we're going to always want to see more out of him because he is that talented, but I think that Gus Edwards is always going to be there and he's always going to be when they're winning, he's going to take the carries when they're in the red zone, he's going to take the carries. Yeah. And, and that's a really good point. So it's not that he isn't talented. It's not that it's not going to work. The reason why we think he's a low end RB two high end RB three is because of the snap percentage and the way the offense works. They always want somebody fresh in the backfield. Right. I don't think as long as John Harbaugh is the coach of this team that you're going to see one running back get 25 carries a game. Well, I disagree with that because we saw what Ray Rice. So if the guy's talented enough, they will. But with Lamar Jackson and the way that this offense has worked since going forward, I don't see it. I, I agree, Ty, because remember when Ray Rice was there, it was Ray it was Rice was on the, every, every single play. And then now it's a whole different offense, a whole different playbook. You see two of these guys in the field at once, and they run the ball so much more now. Well, I, I'm not disagreeing with you guys, but I, I, I do think that his ceiling is a high-end RB2 um, just because of the, he's not going to have the volume of the RB1s. And obviously, I think Tim always likes to point this out, is that these running quarterbacks just don't check the ball down here. Um, and that's going to hurt his ceiling on its own. So he's going to – I think all these guys are going to end up really touchdown-dependent um, where – but I think Dobbins is going to be more keen to break big plays. And I know a lot of people are going to try to break down that statement that Tyler just made and say, well, Mark Ingram had so many catches and so many receiving touchdowns last year. I don't think that has to do with Lamar. I I think that has to do a lot with Mark Ingram and him being a veteran and him knowing when the play breaks down where to be. Right. So being the veteran that he is and all the football that he's seen, I I think it was, it wasn't play oriented where they're drawing the play up for, Mark Ingram to get the ball out of the backfield. I see it more of the play broke down. Lamar's running around in the backfield. And then, you know, because of they were so worried about the tight ends last year and all those crossing routes, sometimes Mark Ingram just kind of found an open spot and made his way in. And let's also remember that last year we saw a career year out of Lamar that, and he was so efficient with everything that he was doing in the passing game. And He's shown this year that he's just not that player. Um, and I think that's where you're losing a big hit on a lot of these passing games, too. Yeah, yeah I, I think his ceiling is still going to grow. He, he's not going to be – Lamar. this isn't Lamar every single season going forward, right? But For, for them, um, as a team, really, in general, if they're going to take the next step, which is beyond the divisional round or even the championship round, they have to develop a passing game. Because right now they're at the point where – they can't play from behind. Um, they have to constantly be playing from out in front. Um, and I think they just have to kind of find ways, the, you know, a million and five different ways they find to manufacture runs, um, whether it's through Pistol, through Lamar, um, you know, read options, stuff like that. They have to start to find ways to manufacture the passing game. And I think Dobbins can be a part of that to kind of tie that in. Um, but yeah, for, I think Dobbins would be big for them as far as passing work, um, as well as could help them take that step into, you know, as a team overall to be a bit more dangerous. Because outside of Hollywood and Mark Andrews, you don't have a ton of passing threats. Right. And, you know, next week when they play against New England, 
Gus Edwards is going over 100 yards. Yeah, I agree. They both uh, can go over 100 yards. On, se- on seven on seven yards a rush. Yeah, I think I think the issue with Dobbins and the pass catching moving forward is that Lamar is either going to have to be coached or he's going to have to rethink how he wants to throw the ball. Right now, he throws the ball a lot over the middle. Um, he doesn't hit a lot of outside routes. I mean, he throws the ball over the middle and pretty deep. Um, I, I don't know where running back will be in this passing game, and they might try to stress with Lamar to throw to the running back, but he's just one of those players that would rather run it himself than throw to the running back. So, yeah, and I don't, I don't blame him. I, I would, if I'm Lamar Jackson too, I'm not handing the ball. I'm not dumping the ball down to Gus Edwards. I'm just going to do it myself. So, um, you know, I don't think this, this team will have the extension of the handoff because you could throw those deep, you know, the short, you're Phillip Rivers, you're checking it down to Austin Eckler every time because it's a run play. You're Lamar Jackson, you're just going to take it yourself. So I don't see, a, I don't see much more value in the passing game. I don't think, you know, I don't think we can project Dobbins for more than three or four targets a week. Yeah, that's fair. So I think we have our consensus on Dobbins. Let's hop into Zach Moss. So this is the last guy on our list. And to be honest, he's been good. He, he's been oddly good, but I hate him at this point. Um, I love I want Singletary to succeed so bad. In the I worst way, it. I want Singletary to succeed. It, it, it's just one of those things where you watch the game and Singletary just looks electric. He's making people miss. He, he never goes down on the first guy. He's just He just looks like a superior a back. And then here comes Zach Moss, and he just seems like that steady guy who's just going to put his foot in the ground, and he makes a couple people miss here and there. Um, he's much more physical, um, and I, they obviously like him on the goal line. But it's just one of those things where I don't think either one of these guys is going to be useful. I think – they're both going to eat at each other long term. Um, it, it's one of those things, they're almost evenly matched. They just both do something different that they're good at. It's just a mess. Yeah, Moss gets the high value, t- high value touches. He gets some work in the passing game, but he gets the red zone touches. And to your point, I don't think Singletary is that good. I really, I genuinely don't. I think Zach Moss is a, is a fine player. I think Devin Singletary is a fine player, but I, I don't think I think Singletary looks good, looked really good against New England, but doesn't look good against anybody that can actually tackle. But don't you? I think they complement each other so perfectly. They do. Yeah, they, no, they really do. Why they For do an, it. As an NFL team, yeah, they're great together. For fantasy purposes, they're both going to be almost useless. Yeah, but where you're getting them, you're getting them in the running back four category as far as drafts concerned. When you draft them, they could be your running back four. If you drafted Singletary this year, you probably drafted him in, what, the fifth, sixth round? Yeah, that's probably fair. So for what for the production I've gotten out of Singletary, I'm ecstatic. As Drafting him as a running back really? four, as a running back four, as a guy yeah. who's filling in on bye weeks or if I have an injury, I'm okay yeah. with that. I would say this year he was predominantly drafted as a running back three and with injuries and COVID relied on as a running back two before we all realized he's not that good. The thing is, is that at the back end of last year, we saw what Singletary could be when he took over the backfield. And he was super productive, putting up solid RB2 numbers all the way through from what week eight on. And 
they just seem like they just don't want to use him. Or like I said, like if Zach Moss is, they trust him more on the end zone. So that he's not getting the touches that he needs. It's just, it's all a mess. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about Gibson getting carries by necessity, that's exactly what happened with Singletary last year. And he was okay last year. He didn't top a hundred yards. I'm sorry. I'm looking at this year. Um, but I think last year too, it was by necessity. Yeah, so, and, and again, when we were talking about Antonio Gibson, this is where I compared him to Devin Singletary. Singletary, over a stretch, went 95 yards, 42, 75, 106, 63, 89, 87, 46. And at the same time, was averaging, what, almost three, four catches a game? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a good comp, um, you know, to Singletary that both – make guys miss they both you know run pretty well um the biggest thing is you know singletary doesn't get the goal the you know the carries that really matter where gibson does not to bring up that argument again but um (laughs) yeah so moss will always cap singletary's upside and that's that's kind of the problem with you know having him as a roster is he good for is singletary good for 10 to 12 points a week sure um, you know, he's good in between the 20s, um, but you won't get much more than that. Yeah, so as far as Moss is concerned, he's a running back three with running back low end and running back two upside, right? This isn't somebody who's going to – you should be trading a first-round draft pick for. Oh, God, I would, no. I wouldn't no. even be trading a – I'd be very, very, very reluctant to even trade a mid to low end running uh, – Second round pick. Yeah. If you can get him for third, yeah. Um, he, like Tim said, if you're looking at this guy, your RB3, RB4, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, it's, I, it's will, a- I will say, I think Zach Moss is a little more talented than what his stats are showing at this point. I mean, I've said that about every play we've talked about just about, but I really do. I think Zach Moss is a little better than that. Um, I do see running back two upside with him. If something were to happen, happen to Singletary, um, you know, I, I think if you gave him a workload, he would, he would do really well with it. Um, is he ever going to be the running back one? No, not ever, but um, not, even the, not even on the bills. So that, right. the thing is, is if Singletary goes down, they're going to put somebody else in Singletary's role and, maybe expand Moss a little bit, but he's never going to be the starting running back that you're relying on as a weekly starter in fantasy, in my opinion. See, I kind of disagree with that. I think if Singletary does go down, I think we see Moss coming to be a very solid RB2 and vice versa with Singletary. Um, and, yeah, and very- I, I think they slide TJ Yeldon in and, be, and get a lot of the passing work. And, and Why and- would they, though? Moss has shown that he can catch the ball and he's shown that he's – and they obviously trust him to be the bruiser in the in the middle of the field. So why why bring in another guy? I I just don't I don't think Moss is I think Moss's ceiling is what he did against New England, fourteen for eighty one and two touchdowns. I don't see you ever. I know that's a good week for most running backs. That's a pretty good ceiling. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what are we complaining about there? I mean, he's outside of that game. The games he's played, he's averaged uh, three catches a game. Um, Wow. Three catches a game, eighty yards. He has eight. I'll catches, take that. Eight catches in six games. I'm saying what the games that he's catching the ball, he missed those. Or the oh no, he didn't miss those games. But eight catches in six games. 
And, you know, against the Jets, against a terrible run defense, he went nine rushes for 11 yards. Against Kansas City, a very bad rush defense, five rushes, 10 yards. No, he had 47 against the Jets. No, that was the uh, – then the next game he goes seven for 47 against – Oh, Seattle. sorry, sorry, sorry. He goes yeah, nine yeah. for 18 and then two catches. Listen, it's it's just going to be one of those flip-flop things where one of them is going to score. score. I You're not going to rely on Zach Moss getting you a touchdown every week. I think the thing with Moss is do you believe in the talent or no? No. Um, I think most of us are kind of on the edge on the talent at the very best, really. Um, I do see the talent. I see where he, he becomes a, a better running back than what he's let on early. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm not trading anything to get Zach Moss at this point. No. Unless that's... it's really cheap. <laughs> yeah. If you can get him on the cheap, then that's, that's one thing. But other than that, not worth it. And you can't yeah. sell him high either. So no, there's no selling him high. Yeah. Right. His ceiling to me is a running back three. So that's that's it. That's all we have for the rookie running backs this week. You guys have anything else? Yes. One other thing. Antonio Gibson is probably closer nope. to Miles Sanders than he is Alvin Kamara. Still don't see it. That's a better I, I don't see it either, but I guess that's closer. I yeah. Mean, I mean, we're talking about guy yeah. we're talking about RB1, who very well could be the first RB off the board next year. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say Sanders is closer. Kamara's going uh, at two uh, next year. It's going to go Cook, Kamara, CMC, Barkley. Ah, uh, CMC's first. Okay, before we go down that rebel, Kyle, you got anything <laughs> else? Uh, no, that, no, we're good. Um, I think we're going to have to have a, a group uh, film study session. Maybe we can watch some Antonio Gibson clips. Yeah, but... maybe we can learn learned you something about Antonio Gibson. Okay, we can be a house of learned doctors. I'd love go. to. I'd love to. How about you this? Set that up. You find it, we'll screen share, we'll break it down, and then we'll break it down on an Instagram post for everybody. Great. And that way you can finally be on the Antonio Gibson hype train with the rest of us. You better show me something special because I I don't know. Just watch with your eyes. And don't worry about Memphis. That's where he went to school. Yeah. All right, boys. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. See you. Thanks, guys.